right, and we're back. <laughs> New year, new set of episodes. Hello and welcome to Hello Governor the Podcast. I'm your host Abdullah and um yeah, it's been a year since we've since I've done this and feels weird getting back in the driver's seat, but here we are. Next uh, next guest is Erica Lynn back, you know. Hello. <laughs> Usually I would introduce like the um body of work, but at this point if if you don't know who 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 a certain guest's body of work is, just 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 Google it cuz I'm tired of, of of listing the credits. <laughs> Yeah, you you do the work. You do the work for once. <laughs> Plus, you know, then you can get shouted at and 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 um for for getting an IMDb credit wrong on air because you're <laughs> not on IMDb. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I've done a lot of really hard to pronounce anime, so I I give you a pass. You're fine. Oh, thank God, because I I can't I cannot for the life of me pronounce any um any anime characters like names. Gotcha. I I just can't like I for the life of me I cannot. So um you know if there's an anime you know that you've been in that I that I, we can't talk about because I can't pronounce the names of the characters. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I so, will. So um um how did this whole voice acting thing get started let's just start with the easy go-to question um well i come from theater and a little bit of film i've been doing theater musical and um just straight drama basically since i was i think maybe 10 or 11 uh i ended up going to ucla for to major in theater and i have always been a really big fan of anime and i play a lot of video games um one sec sorry i need to give me one second i will be right back it's super windy here right now so my don't my front door almost blew open anyway um i uh yeah so i'd always i'd always watched anime and really enjoyed it and uh played a lot of video games and i decided when i right before i graduated from ucla with my degree in theater um i decided not to put all my eggs in one basket and to try and pursue voiceover as well and uh, that's kind of what happened. That's the that's the short short story. Short, you know. I uh, it, it was what took off for me, and I've been doing it ever since. And was voiceover something you, that originally interested you, or was it just something that just came along? Um, I don't want to say I fell into it because I spent a very long time learning how to be an actor. Um, and also, I, I I went into it with a plan. Like I because of how how often and um like because of how many games i'd played um and anime i'd watched and, and animation and things i you know i loved a lot of american animation and otherwise i kind of understood the worlds that that you had to live in in order to audition and book these things and so and it, it was something that really fascinated me because i think at my core i am a character actor and so um i i loved the idea that i could play characters that i didn't necessarily look like um so there, there's just such a just just you know it's limitless what you can do with voiceover. So I would I wouldn't say that I fell into it, but it was sort of something that I just said, okay, well let me throw this spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And I would actually say you were one of the breakout stars of the last couple of years because your career kind of you know took off recently because you were like you know Cassie Cage and and Mortal Kombat 11 and Black Cat and Spider Man and all these major franchises. Does it feel weird <laughs> being a part of so I many? Mean, it it does. It really does. I feel like I've been really 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 lucky. Um, I think I I think I kind of got into the industry at the right place. Or at the right time. I feel like it was very right place, right time um, for me. And 
I've been very, very, very fortunate to make a living doing uh, doing voiceover. I love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It, do, it does feel weird being in these huge games. It still is odd because yep. I like games as a fan. Um, so it's weird to be like, oh, I'm in that. That's so odd. I mean, you know, most actors, most people I've had on the show like can't stand watching their own work because it feels weird I to them. I used to be like that and now I don't. I actually, I generally like my work. Like I... I can I can live in in the fact that like I do I do feel like I'm good at what I do and you know and I yeah I can watch it now without cringing. So, and does it feel weird like every time you look at Mortal Kombat 11 like you hearing the all the grunting noises that they use for that? And... Um, not really because I I do I have no shame left like I've worked on so many video games I've done everything under the sun so no it doesn't really bother me. When I first when I first started working yes I could not listen to my work I just couldn't it was too painful. Because <laughs> I just felt like my voice didn't belong. Like, you know, I just felt like I didn't I didn't belong in, in those animes and, and in the games and stuff. Just felt wrong. No, I mean and it's and it's different because like each each um each each form of um media has a different type of acting. Cause in, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. cause, cause in anime everyone has that anime anime ish way of talking, like where they talk I mean, really, really fast. <laughs> Well, not necessarily. It used, I would say it used to be maybe 20 years ago, you could argue that that's kind of what it was like. But these days, I think like they've they've made really great strides in dubbing and, and writing and directing. And I think a lot of companies have acknowledged that people really care about what what the dubs sound like. And um, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of a, a few dubs that have, I'm really proud of. Like, I, I truly think some of my best work has been in anime um, with with really good scripts and really good directors. And, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, we got better over the years. It wasn't like you know, it isn't. It wasn't like the Giver where they literally, literally recorded everything in a in a bag in a garage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think I think there's a there's room there's room for a little bit more sort of grounded cinematic acting. And I think that's that's one of the reasons that I I was able to book a lot of not a lot of anime, but I was able to book you know roles and things because I don't I don't do the super anime read. I never have. I've always been. I've always felt way more comfortable in sort of the cinematic game universe because, you know, I come from theater and film and I I always was taught and worked really hard to keep my characters really very grounded, even if they're in incredible circumstances. So I think that's my strength. And I was lucky enough for, you know, a a few companies to to take a chance on me. when I didn't have that stereotypical sort of anime girl read. And I've been very, very lucky in that respect. I mean, especially with your portrayal of Black Cat and, and Spider-Man, because it's it's way more grounded than previous portrayals. It, it's not campy or, you know, flirtatious. I mean, there is a little flirt- flirtation, but it's not. Yeah, there's only flirtation. I think that, that iteration of Felicia is one that I'm really, really, really proud of because she feels like a person. Um and I hope I hope I get to do more of her in the future. But yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because I think these characters are larger than life and they can skew very campy very quickly. And I think um, with that game in particular, we, we worked really hard to keep her as grounded as we possibly could. No, I mean, it's and, and it's interesting looking back on that because, you know, you know, Felicia has always been portrayed as, a, you know, like either a one shot villain or like an antihero who's just there to, to, to cause like romantic tension with Spider-Man. But yeah. this, this was like the first time ever, like I felt like there was actual romantic tension that was legit and not, you know, oh, he's obviously going to pick Mary Jane at the end of the day. <laughs> I, I like that, too. I like that you're kind of forced to live in the question of, you know, what what both of them want and that that the exercise in the gray area is one of the hardest ones to you know to to take part in and 
I, I really love that about it. it. They don't really clearly define their relationship or what Felicia wants from him. I think, I think she's, I think she's like very, um, I think she really cares about Peter and that bothers her <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, 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 you know, they're kind of, they're both of their lives. I mean, and then there's the whole question of, you know, is she in love with Peter or does she love the idea of Spider-Man? You know? <laughs> yeah. I also love that. I love that because I know in the, in the comics, that's a, that's a huge issue where she's like, don't take the mask off. You know, I like, do I love you or do I love the idea of you? Which is really kind of sad and, and very deep, I think for, for a comic series. And I don't think it makes her a villain. Um, I think very often I've been I've been guilty of this too. I've fallen in love with the idea of somebody and you know sort of put them up on this pedestal, and I and I don't want to dig and see what's underneath because I'll see flaws. It's just easier, you know, to keep things on a surface level. So in a weird way, I get it. You know, I understand, and I think maybe that's why I booked her because because it was just she's so much a part of me in so many ways already that it wasn't hard it wasn't a big leap to play this iteration of felicia <laughs> as hard as it is for me to admit that you know no because i mean like the voice acting in that and the performances in that i mean i've talked about this before are just like some of the best acting i've seen in in anything in any media and it just pisses me <laughs> off so much that none of them were nominated for any awards <laughs> yeah i mean you know we don't like i i'm one of those people i i really don't care about awards like for me as long as what i throw down in the booth or on the mocap stage or wherever, as long as I'm proud of it and I feel like I gave the material the best shot that it had, um, then I'm happy. Like that, that's truly, truly all that matters to me at the end of the day. And, and that team was just, they had, they, they had the budget and they had the time and they had the talent and they really used it to their advantage. And I think it's a testament to, uh, you know, just, just to like a good process and what that can do for a game. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and it's just, yeah, I mean, I could go on, but, you know, we're limited on a limited time here. Um, does it, does it ever, um, do, do you ever look back at, at, at um, you know, your early stages, early parts of their career and think that, you know, you would have been, you would have been part of so many great franchises, so many like big franchises like Spider-Man or was it just? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I, I graduated from UCLA with a degree in theater, but also at the same time, absolutely convinced that I was not a good actor. But for me, it was really all I knew how to do. It was all I felt compelled or impelled rather to do. So, and I knew it was going to be a survival of the fittest situation. And I was prepared to work in a coffee shop for 10 years. Um, I can say definitively that my career has just been built on, it's, it's been built on the people that believed in me more than I believed in myself. And for the, to those people, I am just immensely grateful. Um, I don't know if that even answered your question, but no, no, I did not. It, it's, it's just been people giving me, giving me just so many chances. Um, and luckily I, I do think I was able to rise to the occasion. I have a, a much better sense of self. If you hear growling in the background, it's because my cats are fighting each other for absolutely no reason, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, no, I mean, you, you are one of, yeah, I'll, I'll say this right now. Like, I mean, originally when I played like Mortal Kombat 10, I was not a fan of Cassie Cage because I just did not care for that character at all because I was like, ah, you know, these are the new generation of characters that are just here to replace the old ones, but they're just like carbon copies of the old ones. Yeah. But but like your performance as Cassie Cage in like Mortal Kombat 11 was just, it's just so good. It's really so good. I honestly, I honestly think it was, it was the, like the writing is just so good. And they also... 
they really kind of like a lot of the lines these days, I'll just improvise and riff off of what's already written. And then they'll end up keeping that. I, I, I really think something that has something that is really, really, or something that really helps is when a company kind of gives you the outline and then they let you, they let you fill things in and sometimes color outside of the lines and they let you really bring yourself to the character. And that's what makes a lasting, incredible character when they really, when it, when it's a collaborative process between you and the company. Um, and also, I mean, I, you know, I, uh, I did some research and, you know, I was not Cassie Cage in Mortal Kombat 10 and I, I really liked her portrayal. I really liked Ashley's portrayal of, uh, of Cassie. And I just think, you know, it's it's just two sides of the same coin, and uh, I'm really lucky that I got to take a crack at her. But I really did. I really did like like what Ashley did. I, I thought she created a good a good Cassie. But also, you know, it's not just about the vocal performances. It's about the team working on it and the writing. And there's just so many things that go into whether a performance is good or not. You know, we you can put a great actor on a game, and if the writing's bad and the director doesn't know what's going on and they're on limited budget and time, um, it can be terrible. We we are, we can all be terrible. We have all been terrible. Doesn't matter how good you are. Well, I mean, you know, some of Steve Bloom's early anime work is just garbage compared to his newer stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but but I mean, it, your your um, Cassie Cage reminds me of um, a lot of um, of uh, the original Butter from powerpuff girls i don't know oh, why but it reminds interesting. me <laughs> i used to watch powerpuff girls so that makes that makes some sense yeah that's kind of a characterization that i have banked on quite a bit that that sort of cassie cage archetype it's sort of it's a really specific thing that i do and i think i do it pretty damn well and it's something I, bu- I book that type of character quite often now yeah i mean and, and i and i like that i mean i like the i mean it's it's a you know it's a type of female character that that i don't think we you know we we would we would have seen a lot of you know 10 years ago like 10, <laughs> totally i completely agree with you but then on the other side what's funny is like you compare cassie to felicia and i love both of those characters um and both of them are super valid and great great female characters you know like it's it's just about keeping keeping everybody as grounded as you can you know w- within the realm of of who they are and how they exist I mean, and I think the team in NetherRealm has done a great job because, like, every every voice actor I've talked to that's been in Mortal Kombat 11 have told me, like, they, you know, they come in with you and, and they really go through the process of what they want the character to sound like and who they are. And, and, and yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. They're they're just great, you know. But the thing is, again, like, I have the privilege now of working on these big budget games where they've got the time and somebody's explaining every little detail of every seen to me and that's great and unfortunately not every not everybody has that privilege like when I first started working on things I was working on you know little mobile games where I had no you know we're just pulling stuff out of our asses and just trying to you know I'm trying to voice six six different characters in an hour and you're trying to figure out what accents I can do and you know, fixing a script that that was written in another language and was translated poorly. I mean, there's just so much again that goes into it. So I'm very privileged to like be sitting in this ivory tower on top of all of these people who are working so damn hard to make these games good and this these animations and the and, and even anime at times, you know. 
So I'm, I am the tip of the iceberg that you see. And then there's the 90% underneath of all the people who are just working tirelessly to make me look good. <laughs> oh, I mean, especially with the, you know, horrific crunch that that's, goes on in video games these days. I mean, I think that's a discussion that really mm-hmm. needs to be had. I don't know why we, we glorify, you know, the like n- no sleep culture where you just work all the time and don't have any, you know, any vacation or anything. It's, it's not, not healthy. I don't think. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, not a discussion, but, um, yeah, I mean, does it, I mean, did you ever get, you know, overwhelmed with the amount of projects you work on? Yes, I have. I had a couple of years where I was just working on every job that came my way because as an actor, it's incredibly counterintuitive to turn down work, right? I mean, I want to work and, you know, strike while the iron's hot and um, it could all go away tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. But I got to a point where I was working like eight hours a day and I was in a lot of games and I was just screaming all the time. And um, my voice didn't have any time to recover. I remember once uh, I did the voice of Barbie for a few years and I remember very specifically, I drove up to Mattel, which was like an hour and a half in traffic one morning. And I had worked on, I think it was Call of Duty the day before. And I, I remember just sitting in the parking lot and crying and calling my agent because I was like, I can't go in. I can't, I can't do the Barbie voice. Like I was, my voice was just completely shot. It was horrifying. And, and you never feel more useless as a voiceover performer than when you're, when your voice is completely, you know, screwed. Um, and you feel like you've let everybody down and it, and it's awful and it's taken me a very long time, but, um, within the last year and a half or so I have started turning down jobs, you know, and, and it gets easier every time. And as long as you're respectful, um, and you're communicative, that's really all that, all that you can do. But yeah, again, I've been really, really fortunate. Um, but at the end of the day, I realized that I had to take care of myself and also my vocal health. I mean, I have, I already have vocal damage. I've only been doing this for five years, you know, so you just kind of have to choose yourself sometimes. Do you look up any like tips on how to avoid vocal damage? I mean, the thing is at a certain point, I don't know if you know, um, so in, in trip, a lot of AAA games or even like, you know, not, not AAA games, um, there's something called battle chatter and um, like, you know, soldier a soldier B whatever. And you go in and you yell for two hours and then you leave and you drink your tea and you hope that you didn't completely shred, shred your voice. But there are tips and tricks. But at the end of the day, once you've done a certain amount of yelling that day, you're, you're just in the damage zone. You're just in the danger zone. And there's really nothing that you can do except, you know, not talk for two days afterwards and hope that you make a full recovery. Um, obviously I do vocal, I, I sing as well. So I do, you know, vocal warm ups and things and, um, and I drink my tea and all that. But I mean, as for as many tricks and tips as there are, like at a certain point, you're kind of just screwed. So for me, it was a matter of, I don't just do straight up battle chatter sessions anymore. I won't, I, I won't just, just to protect my voice. And that's helped a lot. Like my voice is actually healthier than it's been in a really long time because I'm not working as much and I'm not doing as much yelling. So, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, you know, I mean, I've had, you know, people on here who've talked about, you know, damaging the vocal cords and it's, it's scary. Like, cause you know, you don't know if you're gonna, you know, you don't know if you're going to recover or if you're going to be able to do, you know, the characters that you were able to do two, three years ago. And luckily at this point I am, I can work, I, I can work around the, you know, the damage that I've done to my voice. And um, I, I have a laryngologist and she's amazing and we, we have a plan and, you know, we're just making sure that things don't get worse and I can still do the characters that I did few years ago luckily i just you know sometimes i i'm, I'm pretty mid-range vocally um but i do voice some higher pitch, pitched characters and I, i'll know i have a problem when i can't do those characters anymore you know that that's sort of where I, what i'm trying to avoid at all costs i mean it does happen like because um 
you know, I've had Dave so- Sobolov on here, and he cannot do depth charge anymore. He just can't. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> no, I have friends who've lost octaves. I mean, it's. I mean, my voice is definitely more husky than it was. But the funny thing is, I think, like, that's probably why I booked Felicia, you know? Because I have, like, a husk to my voice now that I didn't have a few years ago. <laughs> I mean, I mean and, that, and they do look for that. Like, there is that, that archetype where they, you know, if they want someone, you know, a little husky and more gravel, they'll, hide, they'll go to, like, someone like a Grey Delisle or a Nika, Nika exactly. Futterman, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is that, you know, that's the beauty of voiceover. That's another thing that, that gets, you know, overlooked is that they do look for certain archetypes they that, do, you, but, that you wouldn't find in like live action. They do. And the other thing is, I mean, for me, first and foremost, it's all about the acting. I don't think that I work because I have an interesting sounding voice. I don't. I really don't. I don't have a unique voice. What I have been told is I have a distinct voice. But I truly think that the reason I work is because I'm a good actor. It's because I trained for a very long time learning how to do the acting thing. And I think that's why I work. I don't think it's a vocal quality thing at all. Though, though that does come into play. That definitely comes into play. Well, yeah, I mean, because if the performance isn't good, then the person, you know, then the illusion is broken and there's no reason to care. It doesn't matter how pretty you sound. It's funny, too, because people will go, well, I want to do voiceover, but I just don't feel like I have the voice for it. And I'm like, that does not matter. Truly, truly doesn't. I mean, it depend- I mean, it's acting first and foremost. It is 100. It's funny that people, thank you for acknowledging that because it is 100%. I mean, voiceover actors are some of the most, the best actors I've ever come into contact with. I mean, they're just absolutely incredible. And, me, and that's, that's, that's what's so amazing is like, you know, I've talked to like so many people who are, you know, who have been in the business for a long time and have, or have or just like starting out and 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 all of them are great actors like all of them have to be great actors otherwise you know they won't they wouldn't you know get work <laughs> exactly exactly it's really all about the acting um you know uh, any you know any franchises like you know that you know are there any franchises you you actually want to be a part of that you know you kind of you want to shoot for in the future yeah um well final fantasy was one of them and now i'm in you know the seven remake which i'm really excited about um but I would say Assassin's Creed is one. I, I two through Revelations are some of my favorite games of all time. So that would be amazing. Um, Bioshock's another one that I would absolutely kill to be a part of. Um, I can't. I'm trying to think about any other ones. I think that's pretty much it at this point. Like, I mean, I'm sure I could think of more, but you know. I mean, there there there, there has to be like so many. I mean, there are like no. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, yeah, you know, she's been in everything now. <laughs> I've been in everything, but I mean, I I have been very very fortunate. Yeah. Because I mean, you've you've not you've also done like you know internet shorts as well, and that's pretty impressive that you know. You you mean a hell of of a boss? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one kind of sideswiped me, man. I had no idea what that even was. I mean, I I thought it was a furry fighting game when I auditioned for it. Because somebody, Kellen Goff, requested me through my agent to audition for it. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. And then I did it. And then it ended up being this massive thing. And, you know, I, I, I voiced every female character in that whole pilot, which is super cool. And a lot of people didn't know that. Like, they were like, wait, she did every female character. Like, yep, I just ran utility and did everybody. Um, but it was cool that it got such great feedback. I'm super happy to be a part of it. No, man, because it's, it's weird because, you know, when, once a you know big name actor becomes big, you kind of don't think that they would do something like this, but it's kind of a shock. Really, <laughs> I mean, I'm 
uh, I'm more about like the scripts now. I'm a lot more choosy about the stuff that I involve myself in. Um, hopefully, hopefully that lasts, you know, that I, that I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm this, this year especially is just really going to be about focusing on working with people that I really love working with who care about the thing that we're working on. That matters much more to me than, you know, how heavy hitting the project is, you know? Yeah, I mean, and we, and, you know, at the end of the day, we kind of do need a, um, Lynn Beck and Lee <laughs> animated series. Mm, mm-hmm. That would be so cool. I would love that. <laughs> No, I mean, no, I mean, I've had Mel on the show, and she's a fan, wonderful human being, a she's, wonderful human being. She is. She really, really is. And I'm just, you know, I, I just love the fact that, you know, you actually, she actually said on the show that you actually told her that you were, you were, you were both in Mortal Kombat in a conversation. Oh yeah, I remember telling her we were sitting at lunch or something, and I was like, I booked Mortal Kombat, and then she started laughing, and she was like, That's what I booked. I booked Mortal Kombat. And I was like, Oh heck yeah. Yeah. she's so talented yeah she, she's great um any um any um any uh, voiceover tips that you can give out to anyone who's interested in getting in the field um i think like don't don't be afraid to play around um don't make a bad demo make sure that you know you make you put the money in and the time and you know become a good actor and have your materials ready and so that when the opportunities arise you're there to rise to the occasion and take them yeah but first and foremost become an actor you cannot do voiceover if you're not a good actor if you don't know how to act and if you could voice any existing character from any established franchise who would it be and why <laughs> um oof. i don't know how to answer that i all the characters i'd voice i like the voices that they have so i don't know um from any existing franchise i'd love to do uh, i'd love to do a new protagonist for assassin's creed that'd be fun i mean <laughs> you never know <laughs> maybe maybe someday yeah yeah. You just want those uh, blade knives. That's yeah, just... <laughs> I, just need hand, I just need hand knives. I just need a bunch of hit blades. I mean, because I, I just love those. I mean, I'm not a fan of the series, but I just love, like, I, I'll admit, I just love going around, like, just stabbing people with the knives. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's um, it's therapeutic. And um, any social media stuff you want to plug before we get out of here? I just, my Twitter and my Instagram are just Erica Lindbeck. So that's it. If you feel like following, you can. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time up to do this. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was lovely. Yeah. Thanks uh, so much. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, totally. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.